90.7 WTCC. Good morning. Welcome to the Spoken Word. I'm your host, Bishop Talbert Swan II. And as usual, we'll be telling like it is through cultural idioms and nuances that shape the order, ethos, and chaos of the African-American experience. Words have their own vitality. They shape their own consciousness and create their own context for interpreting social and spiritual reality. The spoken word contains the power to reshape the landscape of society. One minute past the hour of 9 a.m. I want to thank Mr. Kenneth Barnett for bringing us up until the 9 o'clock hour with The Promise. You can hear The Promise every Monday morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., bringing you the best in gospel music. Good way to start out your Monday morning. Great way to start out your week. Listen, it's been said over and over and over again that um, 46 minus 1 has done more for African Americans than any other president in history. Y'all got that? History. Okay? We're not just talking about, you know... Um, any other president out of the last two presidents, you know, because, you know, you know, because he keeps trying to compete with um, with the black dude. But this dude says he has done more for black people than any president in history. So we're going to unpack that. We're going to unpack that today. We're going to deal with that whole myth. We're going to we're going to look at all of the little talking points, prison reform. I'm going to tell you about the First Step Act because obviously most of you all don't know what's in that legislation. Y'all just hear them say prison reform and y'all think Trump reformed the whole prison system. First of all, it, the limited scope of the First Step Act is only to federal prison. The vast majority of black folk that are in prison are in state prisons that are completely untouched by the First Step Act. Y'all didn't know that, did you? But anyway, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the unemployment rate, how it really got there, and all this other stuff. And tell you that at the end of the day, he ain't done nothing for black folk. So y'all need to stop buying into that foolishness, okay? 413-736-2781. 413-736-2781. All kinds of ways that you can get down with us today and... um we're streaming live momentarily. We're up on Facebook Live. We're getting ready to go up on um, Twitter and Periscope. We're going to go up on um, YouTube momentarily, and then we'll go up on Instagram as well. And, of course, you can listen to us uh, stream live at um, WTCCFM.org and also at Hope Radio number one.org. So tell a friend, tell somebody, uh, the bodacious bishop, yeah, that guy who keeps starting all this trouble uh, is on the air right now. Um, uh, so tell a friend, tell somebody. Uh, and those of you who are streaming live, uh, give us some love. Show us some love. Uh, hit those hearts, those likes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll be right back. And we'll be playing some music momentarily from D Smoke. Love this guy. Uh, you guys got to check him out. Uh, after my son, you know, you know, he's he's one of the baddest young fellas out there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Say his name. Kimani Gray, won't you say his name? John Crawford, say his name. John Crawford, say 
say his name, John Crawford, say his name, John Crawford, won't you say his name, Michael Brown, 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 won't you say his name, 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 won't you say his name? Falling down on the prince of the coast where the sun shine all year round. Purple haze over landscape, still I hydrate in the lunch line with the smog and clouds. What? Start me out. Uh, this song's in the key of life, and love is in need of more. Young from Inglewood, barefoot on the cedar floor. If black music is the blood, then my heart has been beating more. Rapidly, happily, I look back on a phoenix, she'll call her son, paved the way. Now all eyes on me. Cause I'm young, black, and gifted, Nina, all eyes gon' see If you swung back when faced with a challenge That's meant to break you and balance scales You ain't average, now throw your hands on three Gon' put them up for black, black magic Black excellence, black habits This black medicine, everything Black chucks, black chucks, everything Everything black Black hug, black love, everything Praise black Jesus 
plays like Moses. Give them flowers while they still get a black roses. Everything black child, black ride, everything. Everything black pride, black lives, everything. Skin noir, friends noir, here you are, black. Everything you need, better believe you are that. Skin noir, friends noir, here you are, black. Every, every time they hear this, they gon' say he made an anthem. Life ain't a pandas, they black and white, it's a canvas. Spike me your dreams and Bruce Lee your tantrums. Two, three, that boy, then go Michael Jordan, go Samson. Knock down the walls around me, strong and dark and so handsome. Uh. Everything around me is shining dark and the time is divine I found a spark when the clouds leak and the rain fall and I found peace I'm black as the concrete, black as the street, this line with the palm tree I'm black as the night sky when you broke in your radio, baby, just don't me Black as the bottom of Chuck Taylor's, black as the haters Black as the burnt rubber, hitting donuts in front of the store with two months later They got stopped in the cops, found a black burner underneath the seat on some Nat Turner Black as the judge roll when the case closed, now your life on the back burner Black magic Black magic. Black excellence. Black excellence. Black habits. Black habits. Black medicine. Yeah. Everything. Black chucks. Black chucks. Everything. Everything. Black hug. Black love. Everything. Praise Black Jesus. Yeah. Plays like Moses. Give them flowers while they still give black roses. Everything. Black child. Black bride. Everything. Everything. Black pride. Black lives. Everything. Skin noir. Friends noir. Here you are. Black. Everything you need, better believe you are that. Skin noir, friends noir, here you are, black. Everything you need, better believe you are that, yeah. Mira negritos, puro amor pa' mis morenitos. Hice un giro, cambiando idiomas. Huelen palomas encima de roller coaster calle, cerca de la playa, ocean view. Black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. We dance in the soca too, only f with you real. The chill with us, bear with us, a deal with us. Never pull the trigger, aiming at another man, but real hitters still pick up the phone. I ain't on this mission alone Used to dream of really stacking my funds Now my window's just as black as my gun. I feel divine, it came on time God never changes, ain't gon' lie I lost faith and cried, then my faith revived And as soon as I let go and surrendered to him my talents This young king took off like Go-Go Gadget There go that black magic Black excellence, black habits This black medicine Everything black chucks, black chucks, everything. Everything black hug, black love, everything. Praise black Jesus, play like Moses. Give them flowers while they still give black roses. Everything black child, black bride, everything. Everything black pride, black lives, everything. Some of y'all boys and grand boys and stuff need to go to jail. Yeah. Go on a preach cow, but I think I will. Some of them need a prison ministry. Amen. Uh, to clean themselves up, to get themselves. Some of y'all, uh, oh God, some of our young men, I don't want on my street. I'm scared of some of them boys in the hood. That's why I'm a triple P. Y'all ain't gonna help me preach in here today. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got it for the Popo and for Ray Ray. All of them can get it. Oh, God, help me here. 
God expects for us to do some things for ourselves. And so the question becomes, how do we transform our weapons of violence into tools of productivity? How do we stand our ground? I'm glad you asked the question because that's the crux of this sermon. So the first thing we need to do, my brothers and sisters, is we got to change the conversation. Tell somebody, change the conversation. Isn't it interesting that when you have this conversation about guns, that the loudest response, the most passionate response centers around protecting gun rights? The conversation is hijacked by the NRA, and the narrative that emerges is that if you're for responsible gun laws, uh, then you must not believe in freedom and the Constitution. Because if you love freedom and if you love the Constitution, you must be willing to protect the Second Amendment right to bear arms. But if we're going to win this battle, we've got to change the conversation such that we're protecting children more than we're protecting guns. We're protecting our seniors more than we're protecting guns. We're protecting our citizens more than we're protecting guns. Protect people, not guns. Tell somebody, protect people, not guns. Protect that which has been created in the image of God, not made by man. Protect that which has been fashioned by God rather than that which has been manufactured by man. Protect that which has been stamped by God and not stamped by a machine. Because when you start to prioritize what man manufactures over what God created, when you give more importance to what man has made over what God has fashioned, that thing becomes an idol to you. And you're worshiping guns over God. And so that has to be the question raised in this conversation. What are you worshiping? And what bears the image of God? And in weapon or a living breathing soul and so I've got to question some folks religion when it's more important to you in your religion to protect a firearm than to protect my child come on somebody we've got to change the conversation not only do we have to change the conversation but we got to change the culture tell somebody we got to change the culture because open carry creates a culture of wild, wild west cowboy type culture. Come on, somebody. That's what was happening with George Zimmerman. He was playing cowboy, taking the law into his own hands, questioning somebody who looked suspicious to him when who the hell were you to tell somebody whether or not they could walk down a certain street at a certain time. Uh, oh, my God. You never said Justin Bieber looked suspicious for wearing a hoodie. Y'all ain't gonna help me in here. Uh, uh, you never said uh, a white boy was suspicious for having iced tea or for having Skittles. Come on, somebody. We gotta change the culture. Oh, my God questioning somebody because they're of a darker hue. He had no authority. He had no training. He had, he even had a police record, but he still had a gun. We have to change the culture from one of crime and punishment to one of possibilities. Because if we are honest about it, long before most criminals ever resort to a life of stealing, they live through a system that has stolen from them. Oh, it's finna get deep. Y'all put on some scuba gear. I'm almost done here. But let me say that one more time. Long before they ever got into a life of stealing and crime, they lived through a, a 
criminal system that had stolen from them. And that's the culture we have to change because by the time he's 18 to 21 years old, he's been robbed so many times by society that the culture has taught him how to be a thief. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying a state stole his potential by not providing adequate funding to his school district. A school system stole opportunity from him by labeling him, come on somebody, uh, as ADD in the first grade or special ed by the first grade. A prison system stole his future by building him a cell when he was in the third grade instead of investing in his education. So he does what the community has done to him. He steals. The only difference is his crime is arrestable. His crime is convictable. When the fact of the matter is the social inequities and unjust policies and priorities of our legislatures are accessories to the crime. In fact, there are many who should have come out of state capitol buildings, out of city halls with their hands up because through their policies they participated in the criminalization of our youth. He didn't get there by himself. There were a lot of cultural conditions and systemic inequities that contributed to the crime he committed. And I'm not making up an excuse for choices we make. I'm simply saying that as a culture, we've got to be willing to look at the role we play in creating hopeless conditions where crime becomes an option. Teenage boys have to consider and when we look honestly at what we as a state and a... Now, your first warning weather forecast from Western Mass News. We have another beautiful day on tap for today. A cool start, but temperatures will be climbing fast with lots of sunshine. Readings will make it into the middle and upper 50s. Just a few clouds mixing in as we head into the evening. Coming in for tonight, it will be mostly cloudy. Overnight lows fall into the middle and upper 30s. But tomorrow, mostly cloudy. A couple of spotty showers around. Most of the day, it's not raining. Still rather mild. Highs in the upper 40s to near 50. For Wednesday, cloudy skies, a few showers. Temperatures in the 40s. Again, most of the day, it's not raining, but it will be a little unsettled. And then it's Wednesday night to Thursday. We'll have steady rain. Could be heavy at times. As we go into Thursday afternoon, we dry it out. It turns windy with highs in the mid-40s. With your Western Mass News First Warning Forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. This program has been underwritten by Metrocom Income Tax Services. Hi, I'm Tom Morrow, president of Metrocom Tax Services, specializing in individual sole proprietorships, corporations, partnerships, estate tax planning, accounting, and bookkeeping. E-file for faster returns. Metrocom Tax Service, where early filers get early returns. Located at 11 Preston Street, Springfield, 413-737-8446-737-8446. WTCC would like to thank Metrocom Tax Services for underwriting with us. This program has been underwritten by the helping hands of St. John's Congregational Church. Hello, this is Jamina Scipio McFadden, and I'd like to invite you to the 10th Annual First Ladies Luncheon on Saturday, March 21st, 12 noon at Shea Joseph. After 10 years, this is our final luncheon here in Western Massachusetts. This year's guest performer is award-winning gospel artist Tremaine Hawkins.
Tremaine Hawkins. It's Tremaine Hawkins. The color is silver. Join us for food, fun, fellowship, and an opportunity to donate to local community agencies. This year's luncheon is sponsored by Helping Hands, the nonprofit of St. John's Congregational Church. 413-734-2283. We look forward to seeing you there for the final First Ladies Luncheon. WTCC would like to thank Helping Hands of St. John's Congregational Church for underwriting with us. This program has been underwritten by Westfield State University and Springfield Public Schools. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Stanley, Dean of Education at Westfield State University. And I'm Azelle Kavan, Chief Communications Officer at Springfield Public Schools. Do you want to be an inspiration, transform a life, become a teacher in your neighborhood right here in Springfield? A career as a teacher at Springfield Public Schools allows you to work in a field with many opportunities for promotions and salary increases and inspire you from your community community to dream beyond their challenges. A unique partnership between Westville State University and Springfield Public Schools paves a pathway for Springfield Public School students to become Springfield Public School teachers. For more information, contact the Springfield Public Schools High School Guidance Counselor or Westville State University. Reach to teach. WTCC would like to thank Westville State University and Springfield Public Schools for underwriting with us. Ninety point seven WTCC four one three seven three six two seven eight one. Good morning to everybody who's listening here in the Pioneer Valley. Those who are here in Western Mass, across Massachusetts, Vermont, Connecticut. Those who are reached by four thousand watts. And also those who are reached by the World Wide Web, those that are on, as we're streaming live on WTCCFM.org, on Hope Radio number one dot org, and also streaming live on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, all of that stuff. Rep your city, rep your town. Let me know where you're chiming in from. I need you to double tap that screen there, my scopers there. Um, to let let me know that you're on here uh also same thing uh, those of you who are on um facebook um let me know where you're coming in from where you're chiming in from love to know exactly um um what part of the nation or what country um you're chiming in from i want to i first of all before i get started on on the subject I want to take the time and thank uh, the entire um, community um, that came out over the last three weeks as we celebrated uh, Black History Month um, in our 10th annual Lift Every Voice lecture series. Uh, You guys were awesome. Um, Those who came out in support, uh, and we had three... Uh, dynamic um, lectures and programs across the course of the month. Of course, we started out um, with um, the one and only 
uh, Miss Karen Hunter uh, on the fourth, um, and you know she was off the chain, and and then um, the Reverend Cornell William Brooks uh, was awesome and inspirational, and then uh, Miss um, uh, Avis Jones DeWeaver, Doctor Jones DeWeaver, uh, was awesome as well, and the talent that we had uh, from right here in our city. Um, um, our recording artists, our spoken word um, artists, uh, our dancers from Youthful Expression, uh, you know, our, our singers, um, Reverend J.P. Morgan, um, Vanessa Ford, T. Swan, K. Sam. Uh, I mean, everybody was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and your support of this year's lecture series was phenomenal. Um, of course, Shout-out goes to all of our sponsors, um, Bay State Health and uh, the Davis Foundation, and Springfield College, and, um, um, I, I mean, the uh, Springfield Cultural Council uh, and others. We are so appreciative um, to your ongoing support um, of such an iconic community event um, we are so appreciative to each and every one of you uh, that stopped by um, to make things absolutely special um, as we celebrated uh, Black History Month in our 10th annual Lift Every Voice Lecture Series. And looking forward to next year's uh, series. Uh, we're already uh, moving toward working on that um, and bringing you another dynamic series um, on next year. Also, shout out to the Holy Trinity Church of God in Christ who invited me to come and celebrate with them on yesterday in their Black History Month um, celebration. We had an awesome time uh, in their Sunday morning uh, worship celebration. Of course, I want to thank those members of Spring of Hope who came uh, on over after our morning worship celebration. Um, thanks for coming and supporting your pastor. I appreciate you all so very very much 413-736-2781 so listen listen um the the son of a clansman in the white house keeps on saying i've done more for black people than any other president in history. That's what he keeps saying. And, of course, all of his sycophantic followers, because that's the talking point, you know, they they keep on trying to make that same lame talking point that uh, Trump has done more for black people than any other president in history. Of course, they're that comment is not based on any empirical evidence. None. None. They just go off the cuff and start saying stuff. You know, it's it's nothing but pure propaganda. That's all it is. It's propaganda. Um, and then, of course, and, and, and this is what always kills me. Every time... People start talking about what they've done for the black community or what he's supposedly done for the black community. They always start out with prison reform. Can I help y'all just for a moment? Because this is my pet peeve. I, and, and I understand 
um, as well as most people, the disparities in the criminal justice system in America. Um, I'm not asleep on that. Um, it's been that way. I understand um, the disparate number of African-American men uh, that are in prison because of racial profiling and, and racial disparities. Uh, so, I, so I get that. But when you start out with, this is what I've done for black people, and you start out with prison reform, that has a deeper connotation. And that connotation is, well, we know all black people are criminals, so I can help the whole black community by doing prison reform because all of y'all are criminals. Prison reform doesn't help all black people because most black people aren't in prison, have never been to prison, and aren't going to prison. Okay? So when you say prison reform is a black issue, what you're suggesting is all black people are inherently criminal, so if we reform the criminal justice system or the prison system, we're helping them. I don't, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not in prison. I don't, I don't plan on going to prison. So you're really not helping me. You know, and that, you know, it's insulting that when you talk about the white community, even though they're white folk in prison, you never you never talk about prison reform. You 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 talk about health care and education and 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 helping small businesses and um, the tax code and uh, uh, any number of quality of life issues when you're talking about white folk. But when you're talking about black folk, you're talking about prisons and unemployment because we know you Negroes are going to jail and y'all can't find a job. That is so racist and so insulting. I mean, it really is. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's just Bishop Tober. Uh, You're on the air. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I'll call back. Okay. If you don't want to be on the air, I can't talk to you while I'm on the radio. Four one three seven three six two seven eight one. Um, it's insulting. Um, you know, so of course, 46 minus one keeps overstating his standing with history. Um, um, you know, consistently overstating his standing. And, and I mean, it's, and it's, it's, it's difficult for him to ever be able to top the landmark efforts uh, by his predecessors in the White House. He hasn't come close to what any of them have done that have benefited the African-American community. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, you, you think about Abraham Lincoln, who fought the Civil War, uh, pushed the constitutional amendments that ended slavery, uh, you think about Lyndon Johnson, who fought for and signed the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. But Trump keeps on boasting, which is, of course, nothing but opinion, conjecture. Um, so you can't even put it on the truth of meter because it's nothing but 
his his braggadocious opinion because of course with him he's the best at everything i'm the best i'm the greatest ever i did the most you know that's just just that's what he does all of the time but if you look at the evidence and if you if you if you look at the viewpoints of presidential historians this dude doesn't even come close to doing what other presidents have done uh, when when he talks about prison reform so-called prison reform because the first step act is not comprehensive prison reform not not by a long shot um he says you know obama couldn't get it done but the first step act actually built upon actions that obama had taken if you remember obama signed a law to reduce sentencing disparities between powder and crack cocaine obama is the one who issued executive orders that ended solitary confinement for juveniles that banned federal agencies from initially asking job applicants about past convictions obama issued many executive clemencies for nonviolent drug crimes he's the one who established task forces on policing on sharing best practices between localities for reducing excessive arrests so the first step act was building upon something that Trump's predecessor had already done. And so you you cannot ignore that. But then when you want to put it in the scope of history, the, the I done more than any president in history. How do you ignore the impact of Lincoln's actions on behalf of black Americans? How do you ignore the Civil War, and I understand it wasn't necessarily fought to end slavery. I, I'm not under that delusion. Um, but when you think about the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation, the 13th and 14th Amendments, and then this guy talking about no president has done more for black people than me. I mean, are we living in the Twilight Zone? <laughs> I mean, that is some serious spin. I mean, Trump doesn't even come in second place or third place or fourth place or fifth place. His so-called accomplishments on behalf of black Americans pales in comparison to so many presidents. You talk about Lyndon Johnson, the Civil Rights Act. How do you top the Civil Rights Act? The First Step Act ain't the Civil Rights Act. How do you top the Civil Rights Act? How do you top the Voting Rights Act? Pushed for and signed by Lyndon Johnson. How, how do you top the Fair Housing Act? Pushed for and signed by Johnson. How do you top that? You know, and so many more we can bring up. Ulysses Grant, and, and I mean, just so many others that we can, you know, cite things that they did that were beneficial to black people that Trump's 
little first step act pales in comparison to. And then the other thing is, Trump's so-called accomplishments were incidental. They weren't things that were deliberate. It wasn't methodical. He didn't go into the White House saying, this is what I'm going to do to help black people. They were incidental. They were side effects of things that had already been put in place. And when you think about this man, you know he's way behind the times. We have not had a president since Ronald Reagan that so openly used race as a political weapon as we have in this guy right now. I mean, he's blunt beyond the norms of his time. Um, his rhetoric has undercut anything positive on his record. Uh, his posture as a president it, 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 it doesn't compare to anybody's posture as a president in recent history so you know let, let, let's, first, let's talk about prison reform let's talk about the first step act because what I it, it's obvious that most people don't understand what the first step act is actually all about um, Trump doesn't even understand <laughs> the First Step Act. <laughs> I, I mean, Jared Kushner pushed him into signing that. He doesn't even know about it. Um, and most people who are bragging about it, you know, every time a, a, a black person gets released from prison early, it, it's, it's not that their sentence is being commuted or pardoned or anything. Um, and there's very few of them even eligible for early release. The first step legislation, um, shaped in large part by Jared Kushner, um, Van Jones and some others, um, Coke Industries. Um, basically, it expands job training and rehabilitation-oriented programming. That's designed to reduce recidivism. So for the most part, it takes prisoners and puts them into training programs, rehabilitation-oriented programming, so that when they, when they get out of prison, they're less likely to go back to prison. So one of the first and foremost things it's designed to do is to reduce recidivism rates among federal prisoners that are deemed low-risk to begin with so so you, you you create programs for people that are low risk of recidivism to begin with to reduce recidivism which seems a little bit counterproductive then the other thing that the first step act does is it expands early release programs reins in sentencing laws mostly the mandatory minimum for drug offenses. Everybody's not in prison for drug offenses. There are black people who have been railroaded and have been sent to prison for a myriad of other issues other than drug offenses. So, so they pretend like the First Step Act is some 
wide encompassing prison reform that is so beneficial to black people first of all if you're not in federal prison it it don't help you at all so for those who are locked away in state prison here in Massachusetts or in New York or anywhere else it doesn't do anything for them if they're not in federal prison and if they weren't sentenced for drug offenses it doesn't help them either but they're boasting on the First Step Act as if it's this all-encompassing legislation and they keep calling it prison reform when it's not I mean it's changes to sentencing laws include allowing judges more flexibility to pass sentences that are below mandatory nonviolent drug offenders. Of course, once again, it's focused on drug offenders. Reducing mandatory minimums associated with the three strikes law. It also prohibits shackling pregnant prisoners. It prohibits the use of solitary confinement for juveniles, something that never should have been done in the first place. And once again, as I stated, it's limited to federal prisons, which only constitute 13% of the overall United States prison system. You got 2.1 million people in jail, in prison in America. And in the federal prison system, there are only about 180,000. And then you reduce that number even more when you talk about how many of that 180,000 were sentenced based on drug offenses. So you see, it's a very small amount of people. At the end of the day, the end of the day, and this is what you need to understand. At the end of the day, the number of people eligible to benefit from the First Step Act for early release, etc., is less than 3,000 people. Less than 3,000 people. There are a million black men in prison. Less than 3,000 people are eligible and it being eligible doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get out early are eligible to apply for early release so my, my my brothers and my sisters the first step act is not prison reform like they want you to think it is but because most people don't read the legislation most people don't understand what it's about they go along with the talking point. Trump has helped black people. Prison reform. Stop it. Stop it. The, the law systematically excludes casualties of the war on drugs. Because it doesn't make any sentence reductions retroactive other than those under the 2010 Fair Sentencing Act. So everybody who was caught up in the war on drugs of the 1980s during the crack epidemic 
everybody who got caught up in Joe Biden and Bill Clinton's crime bill of 1994 and who was sentenced under the draconian guidelines of that bill and those that sprouted out from from states who took the incentives, the monetary incentives from the federal government to promulgate stricter laws on the state level as a result of the crime bill. None of them benefit from the First Step Act. This is what you need to understand. This is what you got to understand. The vast majority of people that were caught up in the racist war on drugs, the vast majority of people that were caught up in the racist crime bill, they don't benefit from the First Step Act. So stop letting them use prison reform and the First Step Act as a talking point to say Trump has done so much for black people. It's a fallacy. It's a fallacy. And 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 really the veteran reform advocates say that the first step act is so narrow in scope that the long-term harmful provisions of the law including its reliance on racist risk assessment mechanism and the expansion of electronic monitoring and other forms of privatized surveillance outweigh its benefits. Case in point, the law contains no measure that would prevent private prison corporations from charging those that they place on electronic monitors from paying fees associated with the devices. A real reform bill would have made the 2015 Sentencing Reform and Corrections Act retroactive. It would have focused less on risk assessments. It would have focused more on needs assessments. It would have provided adequate programming for incarcerated people. It would have included provisions to limit public-private partnerships. And so, at the end of the day, most of the gains in this law are dependent on people applying for retroactive treatment under the Fair Sentencing Act, which reduce racially charged sentencing disparity between crack and powder cocaine. Once again, a very limited number of people that are even eligible. Less than 3,000 people, y'all. We're talking about less than 3,000 people. And people keep on touting this First Step Act like they really did some comprehensive prison reform. No. No. That's not it. That's not what happened, my brothers and sisters. 413-736-2781. Most of your pookies and ray rays do not qualify for any benefits under the First Step Act. 
You've got people who are still in prison that won't get out under the First Step Act. You got a man in Michigan who sold three pounds of weed who's been in prison 25 years, got sentenced to 60 years in prison. His mama died, his his daddy died, his brother died, his son died, all while he's been in prison. Already 25 years out of 60 years sentence for three pounds of weed. A casualty of the war on drugs. Inhumane sentence but he don't get pardoned. But rich billionaire sports team owners and stuff like that get pardoned by Trump. <sighs> 413-736-2781. Black unemployment. Another main talking point. Black unemployment. Listen. They want credit they don't deserve for black job growth. Um, he hadn't done anything to improve the economic situation for African Americans. Yes, black unemployment reached a record low during Trump's administration of 5.9. Yes! But let me help you. I'm going to help you with simple mathematics. Okay, pay attention. Simple mathematics. At the peak of the worst recession since the Great Depression that Barack Obama inherited when he came into office back in 2009, black unemployment was at 16.8%. Did y'all hear what I said? 16.8% 16.8% When Barack Obama left office Unemployment, black unemployment was at 6.8% Y'all got the math? Get the math. At the peak, during the worst recession since the Great Depression that he inherited from Bush's administration, from Republicans, black unemployment was at 16.8%. When he left office, black unemployment was at 6.8%. Trump inherited a good economy in which black unemployment was already at 6.8%. He started beating his chest when it went down to 5.9, the lowest black unemployment in history. Do the math. 6.8% down to 5.9%, which means under Trump's three-year tenure, Black unemployment has dropped less than 1%. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, he happened to be the president at the time it went to a record low number. 
but under his administration, it has dropped less than 1% after inheriting a low 6.8% black unemployment. Its reduction was a continuation of the reduction that started under Barack Obama. That's just the fact. Now you cannot, you cannot, you can't run a three-mile race and have me run 2.75 miles past you the baton and you run the last 0.25 miles and then you brag that I won the race and that the guy that came before me, he couldn't get it done. Fool, I ran most of the way. I mean, that's just simple math, y'all. It's real simple stuff. I mean, that's spin if, if I've ever seen spin for, for something to just happen, something to just be incidental that happened while I was president. I'm going to take the credit for it because of me, the lowest black unemployed. Stop it. Stop. Cut it out. Cut it out. And then we have, and I get, you know, his base. I get Billy Bob and, you know, a lot of these hillbillies and people with rednecks. I get, I, I understand them you know, buying into the propaganda and stuff. What, what bothers me is sycophantic Negroes who start repeating this ridiculous propaganda. We're better under Trump. How? How? The nation is more racially divided than it's been in decades. Black people are being accosted by emboldened racists all over America. I mean, you all have heard it. You all seen on my social media. I, I, I mean, I get consistent death threats by, by Trump supporters by so-called Christians. Stuff I can't play on this radio program. You can check it out on my social media, though. Consistently. Every month, I get several death threats. Because you better leave our president alone. You know, um, I got a call from the FBI not too long ago letting me know that two of the recent white men, one from Florida, one from Georgia, that threatened my life, that the U.S. Attorney's Office has filed criminal charges against them. 
This is this is consistently what happens to just me. So I can only imagine what's happening to black people across the nation because this man has emboldened these racists to think that because Trump can do whatever the hamburger he wants to do and nothing happens to him, that they can treat black people any way they feel like and nothing is going to happen to them. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. 413-736-2781. He has emboldened bigots all over the nation. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Bishop. Um, and don't forget to mention that President Barack Obama had a 10-year plan that he put in place to improve the economy for all of America. And that is continuing to benefit us today. The 10-year plan isn't even over yet. And you're right, the um, resident at the White House has taken credit for all of that. Just wanted to mention that. Absolutely. Thank you for your call. Thank you. 413-736-2781. I'll take your, your calls until show close if you want to chime in on the discussion. Now, if you've got a counterpoint and you want to tell me that he has done the most for black people than anybody else and you've got some data that proves it other than low black unemployment that I've just explained to you um, and prison reform that I just dealt with but if you want to argue those points we can do that too uh, give me a call let me know how I'm wrong how he is benefiting and and here's and here's and here's here's my pet peeve here's my pet peeve nobody knows what's in the best interest for me and my family like i do nobody does nobody can tell me what benefits the swan family the talbert swan family like i can and so what I really have a problem with is when white folks tell black people what has been done for black people. Like, who are you to tell us what's been done for us? Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop. Um, a great show as always. I'd like for you to answer a question for us, please, that are interested in this. Why is there not a lot of support for... Uh, Bernie Sanders, when I listen to him speak on political issues, it seems like, I mean, for me, and I'm not as stupid as everybody else, that he's speaking about a lot of the issues that um, that would be supportive of uh, poor people and African-Americans in general, but it doesn't seem like the Democratic Party nor the African-American community is really is in support uh, for him. And so could you tell us what the, what, what is our hesitancy in in supporting him as president if you have time thank you all right so let me let me just give you, i can't speak for democrats a, as a whole i I'm, I'm an independent uh to begin with but but here's 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 my take my take on bernie is this my let me tell you my specific problem with sanders sanders talks about disparities that affect black Americans. He talks about racial discrimination, police brutality, etc. 
But when you talk to him about how to mitigate the issues of systemic racism, white supremacy, and the catalysts for the disparities against black people, Bernie always defaults to classism. And his answer is always, if you bring socioeconomic parity between black people and white people, that will effectively um, solve the problem of racism and white supremacy. And that is a false argument that somehow if black people are on the same socioeconomic scale, if we if if all of a sudden we close the wealth gap and black families are making as much as white families, et cetera, et cetera, that racism is going to dissipate. That that somehow racist white folks are gonna be like, Oh, well, since you make as much money as me, I won't be racist against you. That somehow police are going to say, hey, well, this Negro right here uh, makes X number of dollars, so we won't crack his skull. We'll wait till a poorer Negro comes by. You know, uh, I mean, it, 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 it just doesn't hold water. And, 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 and so this whole argument that you solve the problem of systemic racism, and, and yes, we have to address economic disparities. We have to address economic racism. I agree. But for that to be the sole answer to how we deal with the problem of white supremacy and systemic racism in America, that that just doesn't hold water. And then when you talk about things like reparations for the descendants of enslaved Africans. Now, Bernie has no problem with reparations for Jews. He has no problem with 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 sending money for this particular group or that particular group. But Bernie got a big problem with reparations for the descendants of enslaved Africans who spent 238 years in chattel slavery another hundred years in Jim Crow segregation, disenfranchisement, brutalization, and mass incarceration. And his answer to reparations is a rising tide lifts all boats answer, that if we do this for the poor, it'll help black people. Well, first of all, all black people aren't poor. And, and, and should this family whose ancestors were enslaved gave their free labor should they not receive reparations simply because they're educated and not poor so so there's some real issues he has some serious racial blind spots that a lot of african americans just are not just can't get down with so you know that's my take on on the bernie thing um and I know there are others that talk about socialism. I don't have a problem with socialism. Uh, Jesus was a socialist. Uh, MLK was a socialist. Um, th that's not an issue for me. But those racial blind spots, th those are glaring issues for me when it comes to Bernie Sanders. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Caller, you're on, you're on the air. Oh, uh, yes, Bishop. 
Yes, okay, I'm glad I got you right after Bernie. Okay, now, none of these people are, none of the Democratic candidates are, have a stellar background in in anything that, of everything that we want, even the one that has been senator. But Bernie has been, Bernie is 78 years old. That man has been getting arrested and sitting, holding hands with black people fighting for their rights. Just going back to when that man was twenty. Wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Let's let's be let's let's. I hear what you're saying, but let's not embellish it. Bernie has not been okay. getting. He's not been getting arrested, holding hands with black people for the last fifty years. Bernie was involved when he was in Chicago as a student. He got involved with the Congress of Racial Equality. Bernie okay. participated in several marches that like the picture you see of him handcuffed to a black woman uh bernie right. attended the march and, on washington and, and bernie attended and, okay. the, uh, the march on washington in 1963 with 250,000 other people when bernie left okay. college he moved to vermont and bernie has not been seen protesting or marching ever since and there have been plenty of well, protests. But, and but, wait, 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 wait. There have been plenty of protests and marches in the last fifty-five years, and you can't spot Bernie in one of them. So, so I'm not discounting what he did when he was in college, but let's not pretend that what somebody did for a couple of years while they were in college translates to a lifetime of civil rights activism. It just doesn't. Okay. Okay. Well. Well, they all have. Biden does, Warren does, also, correct? Correct, and that's and that's why and that's and that's why and that's why people have a right to decide which one they choose to support. That's why people. That's what that's what a primary is for. A primary is a vetting process. See, people are acting like Bernie is already the nominee. He's not the nominee. Black folks haven't even voted yet. I mean, Iowa has voted, New Hampshire has voted, and Las and Nevada has voted. Nevada has eight point four percent black people. A, a smaller percentage of that is eligible to vote. A smaller percentage of that actually votes. Uh, New Hampshire has one point four. New Hampshire has wait 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 wait. Let me finish putting it out there. New. No, we can't talk at the same time. We can sing together, but not talk together. Uh, New Hampshire has 1.4% black people. Okay? Iowa has 2.4% black people. Black folk haven't even gone to the polls and voted yet. So this notion that he is the presumptive nominee is just not factual. And so people have a right to vet Bernie just like they have a right to vet Biden and Bloomberg and and everybody else who is in the race, and we have done that. We have excoriated Bloomberg over stop and frisk. We have excoriated Biden over the crime bill. And so, the, my problem with many Bernie supporters is they think Bernie is above criticism. He's not. He's a candidate for president of the United States. He deserves to be critiqued like everybody else. Okay, so can I talk now? I am not originally a Bernie supporter. I that is not me. What I am is definitely whoever. I don't care if it's Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. 
we have to band together whoever ends up being the nominee, whether it be even Bloomberg, who is on the bottom of it. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't necessarily agree well, with that. Well, I, well, well, well that, that, that's what I'm saying, and this is what happened with Hillary. People didn't come out. Bernie supporters didn't come out when it was Hillary, and that's and with the corruption and everything else that that orange thing did. He got in there, and we have to get him out. So, so let me, so let me ask, let me ask this question: When do we get to a point that black people don't have to choose between Satan and Lucifer? When do we get to when do when when wait wait when do we get to a point where people stop asking us? You know, the hell with your concerns. The heck with what you think is in the best interest of the black community. The heck with whether or not a candidate has a black agenda. We just got to get Trump out. And so we don't care if the devil himself is the Democratic nominee. We got to vote for him anyway. So even if we trade in one arrogant, racist, um, a billionaire rapist for another arrogant, racist, billionaire rapist, we got to do it because this one has a D by his name instead of an R by his name. When, 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 okay. is, when is well, that well, narrative well, well, going to well, dissipate? You have to get people to understand that a, a no vote at all is a vote for him. And because of how corrupt he is, and yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Are you, are, are, are you, a, are you a person of color? Yes, I am. Okay, so 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 so, do you think black and brown people have been through worse than Trump? I mean, is Trump like the worst thing ever for black and brown people? Because see, I, I know a lot of liberal white folks all of a sudden woke up and thought racism started after the 2016 election, and they're telling black people that the number one goal is to get rid of Trump. And my position is the number one goal is to get rid of white supremacy, racism, and anti-black bigotry. That's the number one okay. goal. And, and so my, my position my, my position is, is, is it's not just get rid of Trump as the singular agenda. And to me, it's offensive with as much as black people continue to go through to tell us that we should ignore Democrats having any black agenda and just get rid of Trump, and then we'll talk to them about a black agenda after Trump is out of office, after they've manipulated our votes for that purpose. So I understand fully the penchant for black folk to say, you know what, I'm not going to vote for one racist over another racist. Okay. I am a black African-American woman. I grew up in New York. My mother is from Birmingham, Alabama, and... I am that what you described is sitting in the White House. Not only is he sitting in there, but he's sitting in there doing. And he's got white supremacists all in there, Bannon and and his um, and his. Um, so what do you think? What do you think Bloomberg was? What do you what do you think about a man? What do you think about a man who literally said that that black males between sixteen and twenty five are all inherently criminals and and we should just profile them and Xerox their description, send it to every police force across the country, and then all the cops everywhere need to do, because they're committing 95% of the crimes anyway, which is completely false, um, throw them up against the wall and stop and frisk them. What do you say about a man who had a policy that stopped 5 million black and brown 
men. Five men. There aren't even there aren't even that many black and brown men in New York, which means they were stopping tourists and everybody. Five million, and then less than two percent of those stops uh, uh, wound up in 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 confiscation of a weapon or anything. But it's okay if ninety eight percent of the people that you're stopping are innocent. They were black, so they was worthy of being stopped. But you don't think that's white supremacist? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think you're going to be the last caller. Good morning, caller. How you doing, my man? I'm good. You? Hey, man, we woke up this morning, so I can't complain. All right, you're on the air. Make it quick. I... Hey, you know, I was just calling in response to what I'm seeing, uh, you know, come across my feed. Why don't we just... Uh per the Declaration of Independence, abolish and start a new government. It says we the people, we have that power. We have that right. Why are we, you know, still going with the same rhetoric from 40, 50 years ago about vote for this, vote for that? Just scrap it all and start a new government. It says we the people. We the people establish government. Why I, I understand. I, I mean, I, I agree with you if that were possible. Uh, how do we get a movement so powerful that we can do that? You're the last caller of the day. Good morning. Well, thank you very much, sir. You know, now I'm just listening at your your topics here, and you know, it's, to me, it's like flipping the switch. It's going from uh, slavery to right now going to sharecropping, and they're making it sound like, oh, well, you got it made now. You just got out of slavery, but the only thing they does is those same kind of restrictions and everything to make moves to do and gain prosperity. It's, it's still all there. Well, you know, we re we really haven't got out of slavery because if you read the 13th Amendment, you'll understand that uh, slavery is still legal as long as you're incarcerated. And we have more black men incarcerated right now than we had as actual slaves at the time of the Emancipation Proclamation. So there are technically more slaves today than there were when we were emancipated. Wow. Listen, Mrs. Cynthia Butler is in the studio. She's coming up next with mid-morning jazz and great black music. So don't you dare touch that dial. I got to move out your way. Y'all started calling late, man. Now y'all want to blow the phone up. Um, listen, I got to get out your way. If you're looking for a place to worship, check us out at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ. We're located at 35 Alden Street, Springfield, Massachusetts. The Brick Church right there at Six Corners. You can catch us on Sunday mornings, 9.30 a.m. for Sunday school, 11 o'clock a.m. for our morning worship celebration. Bible study on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Until the next time I talk to you and you talk to me, always remember, God loves you and so do I.
say his name. Kimani Gray, won't you say his name? John Crawford, say his name. John Crawford, say his name. John Crawford, say his name. John Crawford, won't you say his name? Michael Brown, say his name. Michael Brown, say his name. Michael Brown, say his name. Michael Brown, won't you say his name? Say his name. 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 Won't you say his name? Say his name. 